Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Ringer NFL show. It's week one. I'm Nora Princiati and I'm here with Stephen Rees. Stephen, on this Wednesday, this week one Wednesday, a day before Chiefs Lions, the opening game of the 2023 NFL season. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I, I've barely slept in like three days. I'm, I'm struggling. Uh, I got a lot of content on the site. I'm feeling good about that. I'm ready. I'm ready for Thursday. It can't come soon enough prepping like a madman you gotta rest up steven it's week one it's a marathon it's no there's no prep i'm just i'm just typing whatever comes into my head i don't even research what i what i'm saying none of the stats that i've ever put on the site are actually factual i made them all up (laughs) i always think about doing that just like throwing it tossing a fake one in there see if people are paying attention we'll do that once this entire season and maybe somebody will follow along i'm just kidding We, we value accuracy here over at the ringer all right packed week one show We're going to start with a little Thursday night preview of Chiefs-Lions. We're each going to go through three things that we're going to be watching for on opening night. Then we're going to play a little game with the first installment of Steven's quarterback rankings, which are back this year. And then we're going to finish up with a little animosity because that's really what gets us going here over at the Ringer. We're calling it the season preview and beefs. Steven and I are going to run through the three anger-driven storylines, I guess, that we're looking forward to the most to start the season. And then we will finish off with the final episode of Hard Knocks in recap form. But let's start with what it's all been building to. Week one, Chiefs-Lions kicking off Thursday night. What is one thing that you are going to be watching for in this game? You know, I I, I haven't been on the internet the last couple of days. I haven't been paying attention to the news. I can't wait to see how Travis Kelsey looks in week one coming off. Of, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, it's, it I is did how, not know where you were going with that. <laughs> no, I just, I, just, I just thought of that joke. But no, it's, it is how the offense is going to look and how the passing game is going to look in Kansas City. Uh, I was... Already looking forward to that before the Kelsey injury news dropped because of Juju Smith-Schuster not being on the team anymore. He was like the man coverage guy. Whenever Mahomes needed a guy on third down, that was the guy he went to. But if like 
that was like the plan if Kelsey was taken away. Now Kelsey's not there. Juju's not there. And there's an intriguing collection of wide receiver talent here. I don't know if it's a a group that you can rely on. Like, I, I like Justin Ross. I like the idea of, of Justin Ross. I like the idea of Kadarius Tony, who also can't stay healthy. But I want to see how this works. Like, I don't, who, who is he going to be throwing to on third down? MVS? Sky Moore? I, if, like, Mahomes has a classic Mahomes game, which I fully expect him to do, they drop, like, 40 points, throws for 300 yards. I'm just, it's, I don't even know what to say after that. I'm running out of ways to describe how good he is. And I'm running out of ways of even saying that line. Like, I'm running out of ways of saying I'm running out of ways of saying how good he is. Like, I don't know what to say anymore. So in case anybody actually has been offline for the last couple of days, uh, Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee. The reports out of Kansas City are that his ACL seems to be intact. So ultimately, that means that this will be a shorter term injury than it could have been. But looking like he's not going to be in there. Um, for opening night, which, yeah, means that we're going to get a really interesting look at this wide receiver group. I had as one of mine who is wide receiver one um, in Kansas City in general or just with Kelsey Limited because he sort of fills the the wide receiver one role there, even though he is a tight end. They kept seven receivers on their 53 which is really interesting. I, I think they probably wouldn't have if they weren't working with, like you mentioned, some guys like Tony who have a significant injury history, have had struggles staying healthy. Tony was out for a lot of training camp. Um, it seems like MBS, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson are the receivers who figure to get the most work just based off of their usage during training camp. And then I think you add in, in Tony to that. It's just harder to project because he wasn't out there for most of the summer. Tony is the one that I'm most curious to just see what he looks like because he is that speed element, that change of direction element that I think they were sort of trying to recreate a, a poor man's Tyree kill with that addition in some ways. So that's, if he's someone who has chemistry with Mahomes, which they flashed in the postseason late last year after he joined the team, that's really exciting. I think one way to look at this is just, can Mahomes just come out and, and look like he can do this with anybody and it doesn't really matter and it's all by committee anyway and who cares? And that's, we know he's capable of that. That's more just like, that'll be fun to see if that's right, what we yeah. end up watching. But if there is somebody or a couple guys out of this group who do start to emerge as the third down option or just someone who does seem like they have really, really good chemistry with Mahomes, seem like they're able to uh, sort of improvise and, and find space and just have that rapport that brings out the best in him, that would be really significant because as you said, it's, you know, it's one thing that they were able to move on from a player like Tyreek Hill and, and kind of not skip a beat. It's another thing to start, you know, keep chipping away. You lose Juju. And then obviously Kelsey's been the straw that stirs the drink there. So yeah. at a certain point, somebody does have to step up and it's possible that we won't really have that tested in this game. And it'll just be a Mahomes game and that'll be fine. But it does seem like a really good opportunity for someone to sort of lay some groundwork there. So that would be that is definitely something worth watching for. And like from the other end of that, I like I'll just skip to my second one. It's I feel like if Detroit's defense, which I think we all like, that's the thing that 
is, that's the hump that you kind of have to get over if you're going to buy into Detroit this year. Because the offense is good. The offense still, I mean, there are some pieces that are going to miss the, the first half of the year, like Jameson Williams, but the offense is going to be fine. But the defense, if they are going to make this leap, the defense has to be better. And like, if they had given up 35 points to Travis Kelsey and, and Patrick Mahomes on opening night, like, okay, whatever. In Kansas I City, mean, yeah, there's yeah, no shame it's in it. It's not that big of a deal. But if you, if, like, this is an, a test. This is a good test for Detroit. Like, if their defense is going to be playoff ready, going to be good enough, you have to at least compete in situations like this where the, the odds are stacked in your favor, at least compared to what they would have been if the Chiefs were fully healthy. Right. I, I, look, the Lions have had their year to be the cheeky upstarts. And at a certain point, you have to be able to compete with the best teams if they're going to be a legitimate contender, which is, I think, what they are trying to prove themselves as. And it's funny that this is your second because I had saved my my point about the defense for the third so that I could nitpick the offense in the second one and then come back around and say, yeah, but the offense is going to be good. And what really matters is that this team couldn't get a stop last year and they've upgraded at a lot of positions. So we'll be getting our first look at that. But that that really is true, right? They have um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at safety, Cam Sutton, who's going to be in that top corner role, which, I mean, he's had a great career, but hasn't necessarily had that number one corner pressure in all of his prior stops. So while this game probably isn't the best test for that just because of where the Chiefs receiver depth is going up against Mahomes is certainly nothing to to sneeze at. So what they look like defensively, you know, Brian Branch is a rookie who's had rave reviews out of training camp. He's going to be playing in the slot. Just what that looks like. And if this defense can come out against the best quarterback in football, even if he is playing with a, a limited assortment of weapons and look stable and look like they've made some strides in the offseason, that's going to be really, really encouraging. And 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 they should, right? Like it, no one's asking the Lions to morph into a top five defense this year, but they have to go from scraping the bottom of the barrel to middle of the pack. And they have players, you know, whoever whoever loses out between Jack Campbell and um, Derek Barnes, who've been in a competition for the second linebacker spot opposite Alex Anzalone. Whoever loses out there, Emmanuel Mosley, there's players who are going to be in backup roles or rotational roles on this defense who would probably start for some other teams. And that is an improvement. That's what you want to see. So there, there's a lot of optimism, but it's on paper until they do it and they have a chance to do it against... Mahomes and the Chiefs. Um, so I I think how they're able to do defensively is is probably the bigger deal even than what their offense looks like, even though whether or not the Lions can do this with Jared Goff for another season and have similar, you know, top five type results is another thing that feels worth watching, certainly, even if it is a little bit more stable. Um, do you have another one on the offense? I, I have one that I can go to, but I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, I do have one on the. It's related to Detroit's offense, kind of, but it's more like a Chiefs defense thing, and it's it's related to Chris Jones. And my my question, or the thing that I'm looking forward to, is can Steve Spagnolo like kind of resist being Steve Spagnolo for one night? And by that, <laughs> I mean like if if like if you're thinking in a vacuum, no. you just lost your best your best pass rusher, 
And you're a guy that likes to blitz every now and then. Like he's he's been known to throw throw a cover zero look at a, at a quarterback in his time. I would he's dabbled. I, he's dabbled. I would think like you would turn the blitz dial all the way up because like there's, you're not going to get pressure any other way. But like that's what Detroit wants. Like that's what Detroit feeds on. The I think the heart of the offense is the the run game. But like that's not what like drives the production. The production is driven by the passing game, which benefits off of how defenses have to kind of adjust to defend that that run game. And what they get a lot of is blitzes because teams are like, look, they run too much stuff. They run too many run concepts. They're pulling Sewell this way. They're pulling another guy that way. Like, let's just blitz the hell out of them. That's how you solve the problem. Let's just throw bodies at them. And when Jared Goff is hitting throws downfield, that doesn't really work. And like, you have to find like the perfect middle ground. And I think that's going to be a big test for the Chiefs on Thursday night is kind of resisting that urge to just throw numbers at the problem and finding a good middle ground where you're giving up a little bit in the run game, but you're not doing it while sacrificing coverage downfield. Because that's how Detroit's going to win this game if they do. So, so is your your prescription would be don't dedicate, don't over-dedicate numbers to defending the run, still commit to the pass because, you know, look, they they finished, the Lions finished third in EPA per play last year, fifth in offensive DVOA. The way to simplify, and it is a simplification, an oversimplification, but the simplest way to say how they did it is that defenses sold out to stop the run game and then they took advantage of it in the passing game. So yeah. if, if that's what's going on, like that, you have two options, right? Commit more numbers to defending the pass or, which is what a lot of teams have done and what it sounds like you're saying the Chiefs should not do, is say, hey, it's Jared Goff back there. <laughs> Let's pressure the heck out of him because he hates it. And the, yeah, like exactly. And that's the question with Jared Goff this year for me at least is like last year he kind of, I think he he produced in, in ways that he didn't produce in LA. Like in LA, he was a play action merchant. If that wasn't working, the run game wasn't working. Like he, he had no other recourse. And like teams combated that by disguising coverages. So when he turned his back to the defense, he thought it was going to be one coverage. When he turned around, it was a different coverage. I, that wasn't a problem last year. Like Detroit didn't have to run a bunch of play action. And it's because of how their run game was defended. Like you, why do you call play action? You call play action to get defenders to come up and bite on the run and come to the line of scrimmage. Then you attack downfield. When you have this crazy run game that they have to defend anyway, regardless of if, if you're doing a, a play fake or not, like you're going to get those looks already. You're going to get the same spacing you get off of play action looks. So I think Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, was able to like replicate the same looks Jarrett was getting in lot first name basis with him, by the way. In, in Los Angeles, Bear. he's doing it without play action. He's doing it without those like schematic guard rails that Sean McVay needed to get the most out of uh, Jared Goff. It's if he could do it again this year, like give him a head coaching job, whichever one he wants. But okay, so then if you're Spags, your job is is to stop it, right? And they added Jameer Gibbs in the first round. Say what you want about the draft selection. Uh, an improvement to the running game. They've still got a great offensive line. They've still got, you know, Penesul can still run any pulling concept under the sun. Right. So the threat is as significant as ever. Do you just say, okay, defense has spent an entire year putting more resources into stopping that and it didn't work. So let's give them a little bit more in the run game and load up on the back half of our coverage. 
Yeah, I think the, I think it's you have to change the picture like every snap. You can't stay in one thing. That's why I'm saying you can't just have like an all out pressure day from Spags. He needs to mix it up. I thought like a good template for it, even though it didn't work out on the scoreboard, was how they defended Philly in the Super Bowl. Obviously, two different run games. Like one is driven by the quarterback, the other one's driven by the offensive line and like misdirection and all that. But but still, they're going to try to threaten you, threaten right. you with the run, and then take advantage generate explosives and it's like oh yeah we have this extra guy in jalen hurts that you have to account for guess what you have to defend you have to bring another defender into the box you have to commit more numbers so it's sort of the same like concept just in different ways but i thought spags did a really good job in the super bowl and if you look at philadelphia's rushing stats like they didn't run the ball well in the super bowl and that was something they did well all year long they did well or they started to move the ball well on the ground when they started to run Jalen Hurts. They started to empty out the formation and then make things weird formationally. You're not going to get that from Jared Goff. You're not going to go empty and say, <laughs> hey, Jared Goff, run. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. So I think I think Spax has a better chance of, of like coming up, if he uses that same game plan of it lasting and working for the whole 60 minutes because there's not an obvious hit the quarterback run button for Detroit. My really because my third point was I want to see the Lions run the option. I I would be for it. Sean McVay used to run the option <laughs> like once kidding. a month. Just kidding. Sean McVay used to run the option with Jacob like up. once a month. He used to do it like once a month, and it used yeah, to work every he, time. That was, that's because he was fucking with him. Um, okay, <laughs> so I think you and I had basically the same thing, which is I was. Uh, uh, my third thing was whatever the Chiefs plan to make Jared Goff more uncomfortable than he was last year. Is. So I'll pivot a little bit to an addendum from that, which is just whatever they're going to do, what's it going to look like without Chris Jones? Uh, and by the way, without Charles Amenahu. So uh, whatever Spags has up his sleeve, we should be reminded that we're going to be looking at the version of that that's reliant on George Karloftis. Felix Enrique Azoma, and we should probably be ready for that to be not particularly exciting. Um, the implication of that is probably more significant, which is just like, does living like this for one game, for two games, for however many games, encourage additional overtures to Chris Jones's camp? Because we we can talk about the schematics of it, and Spags is one of the best. But when you start to get down to the names and the names, more importantly, that are going to be missing for Kansas City, it's not great. No, it's not. Like, I, if you're a, a Lions fan and this is a 35 to 30 game, maybe you lose, maybe you win. How good are you feeling about the team? Like, I, I asked that question because if the defense is doing that poorly, even if it is against Mahomes, it's against a shorthanded uh, Chiefs team. Like, are you feeling good about the the season as a whole if the defense looks like that? And then, I, I, but I feel like you do feel good because they, like, Jared Goff kept it up. He scored 30 points on the road <laughs> against the Super Bowl champs. So, like, it's, I'm expecting a high-scoring game. I wouldn't be surprised if we get, like, uh, a worse version, like a 65% version of that Chiefs-Rams game from Monday night a couple years ago. Yeah, the NFL... When, like, they, uh, look, far like loathe as I am to to dish out kudos to the league office. This is a very good week one choice because I totally agree. There's going to be points galore 
it didn't seem like it at the time when they announced it. It was like, what what, what kind of game is that? Like, usually you see like a rematch of a playoff game from the year before. Right. Or, or, or teams that have played each other, but there's no history here and it's the Lions. But it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be entertaining. And if it isn't, we're going to have a lot to talk about. No matter which <laughs> team isn't holding up its end of the bargain. Yeah, but even, I mean, even if it is, right? And, and I do think just dovetailing from what we were talking about in terms of how Kansas City would defend the Lions. The thing about Jones, like they're going to miss Jones against the run, I think most of all, even if, because if they're going to dole out pressure sporadically and try to be smart about that or, or whatever, which does seem like a the, the right choice, I think where you end up missing Chris Jones more even than him being kind of your one reliable guy to create pressure is what he does against the run because you would rather just have someone who you can count on to not devote bodies and bodies and bodies and bodies and bodies, but just have the confidence that if he's in there, it's going to help you win some matchups up front so that maybe you can devote other players elsewhere. They're not going to be able to do that. They're not really going to be able to count on, well, at least here's that, whether it's a one-on-one or a double team, we feel really good about winning that because it's 95. Christians were 95. Yeah. 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 Cause it's 95. I don't know why I chose to, to name him by Jersey number. If I couldn't remember what it was, it's football season. You got to get back into, I'm really, the, in, the I'm the really like feeling the vibes. Um, I'm doing that from now on. I'm only calling him 95. <laughs> I'm probably never going to do it again, but <laughs> we'll see. All right. Have we gone three for three here? I've gotten all my three. Um, the yeah. defensive improvements in Detroit, Chiefs plan to make Jared Goff uncomfortable and who's wide receiver one with Kelsey out. Should we predict it's exciting stuff? Should we go go on the record? All right. Yeah, why you not? First. Uh, uh like this doesn't matter. Chiefs 67, Lions two. <laughs> no, uh, no, I think it's gonna be like Chiefs. Chiefs 37, Lions 32. I'm going to really go for it here. Pick the Lions. Lions 41, Chiefs 35. I like it. I'm still firing Aaron Glenn if they give up 35 points to to Sky Moore. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'll be sure to let him know. Hopefully he listens. Is anyone still keeping track of the uh was it Aubrey Pleasant that got fired? He was like the the secondary yeah. coach or like and then he got Aubrey fired. Aubrey Pleasant in like is Detro- in, he's in Los Angeles. I'm forgetting who but there was a there was a like a secondary coach, I think, for Detroit last year, and he got fired and like the defense like turned around immediately. Maybe it was two years yeah, ago. Yeah, no, Maybe it, no, like it was it was Aubrey Pleasant. Um we need to keep track of that. Like this this is uh this is historic stuff if they do have like a, a Complete turnaround. It would be very funny. <laughs> Aubrey Pleasant, historically, great reputation as a coach. So, like, players absolutely love the guy. Uh, he has has found a landing spot on Sean McVay's staff. But what you say is, is undeniable. They turned around very quickly after he got fired last year. So that's a good point. I don't know that anyone else on the face of the NFL... <laughs> following universe other than I suppose Audrey Pleasant and his associates was like you know what I'm going to be looking for is before and after splits Audrey Pleasant addition by addition by subtraction factor still in play but 
That's what I we come to you for, Stephen. Yeah. This is why I don't sleep. I'm, I'm up all night thinking about these, these questions that nobody else wants to ask. That's so concerning. <laughs> all right. Chiefs Lions. That's that's it from us on that topic until the games actually kick off. But excited for that one. Should be fun. Should be high scoring. But who knows? Let's take a quick break. And then we are going to come back and talk about Steven's fantastic quarterback rankings, which are, of course, perfect and will hold up throughout the entire season. He won't have to do a thing or change a thing. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. You've seen Hard Knocks. Maybe you saw a little Jets preseason action. So how about Garrett Wilson over 69 and a half yards receiving on Monday in week one against the Von Miller list Bills defense? Maybe even Garrett Wilson over 1125 yards receiving for the entire season. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer NFL and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18th, 2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. Welcome back. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Steven, normally the quarterback rankings are destination reading for me as soon as they are released. However, you asked me to hold off from perusing this year's starting list. Why is that? Because we're going to play a little game. I'm going to... I'm going to read off uh, the like one line summary of each guy. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to give you anything else. I'll give you their ranking. And then if you request it, I'll give you like the, the scores for each category that they had. If you need the lifeline. Uh, <laughs> do you, you want to start thank, with? <laughs> thank you for clarifying that you're not going to say their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would give it away, huh? Uh, Although, may, uh, I, may I ask one clarifying question before we begin? You sure? Yeah. How how many Cardinals quarterbacks are on the board here? Because we famously do not know who the starter is in Arizona. There are two. Josh Dobbs got a write up, and it was like three hundred words. Like I I watched Josh Dobbs tape for this. It's I'm not happy to admit that, but he is he's dead last. That's not going to be That's the guy. That's why you can't sleep at night, Stephen. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm, right. I'm gonna st- I'm gonna start. Uh, I'll start with a, a lower ranked guy. This is the 29th ranked person in the league. The one liner is there's too much dip on the chip on his shoulder. Oh, oh, I know. This is a Baker Mayfield. Yes, I needed you to get that. If you wouldn't have gotten that, I would have been so mad. And I was very yeah. proud of that. That line. no, that's that's a, that's 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 good. And there really only is one. Only one. Okay, I got another one. 
He puts the fear of God in NFL defenses right up until the ball leaves his hands. He's number 25. Huh. Justin Fields. Yes, two for two. Either I'm really good at writing these one-liners or you're really good at guessing things. Who's, who's to say what you want it is? Okay. Or you're cheating. You could me, be cheating. Give me another one. <laughs> give me another one. I will say it would be harder without the ranking. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop giving you the rankings then. Give, give me one more with the ranking because I might just be getting lucky and I don't want to make this harder on myself. But if I, if I go three for three, then stop giving me the ranking. I almost don't want to give you the ranking because I feel like that's going to give this one, one away. It's almost too obvious, but I'll do it anyway. If the sneaky athletic cliche needed a mascot, Okay, but this one is also easy because it's Daniel. Right, Jones. that's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm writing. I'm giving you too many easy ones. It's Daniel Jones, obviously. Okay, let me find one that 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 I know. Yeah, is come be on, tough. a little more degree of difficulty here. It's okay. I'm just awesome at this. It, it like I, I can't find one that I don't think you're going to get now. Like you, you, you've, you've killed my my zeal for this game. Uh, all right. I'll give you like a one that isn't really a jokey one. A tough playmaker, playmaker with incredible accuracy who can seemingly read defensive coordinators' minds. What was the first? A, a, a tough, tough, a tough playmaker? playmaker. Tough, tough. With incredible accuracy. accuracy. Who can seemingly read defensive coordinators' minds. I feel like this Trevor Lawrence? Not Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I, now I'm kind of offended that, like, you thought it was Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Doesn't that kind of describe Trevor Lawrence? It does, but I'm, I'm offended on behalf of Trevor Lawrence. He has, he has more physical talent. I'll say that. All right, I'll give you one more. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. No, okay. you, I like this. This is fun. Okay, we'll just we'll just keep going. Another easy one. If you don't get this one, I'm going to be upset. Uh, let me find the exact word. No, I'm nervous. Scroll to him. He's still fighting the limited game manager allegations. I mean, this could be so many. It could be anybody. This could okay, be, let me, okay, let me wait, wait, wait. Well, hold let on, me hold give on, you the skill on. set. Okay, because it could be this could be Mac Jones. It could be Jimmy Garoppolo. It could it could be Jared Goff. It could even kind of be Kirk Cousins. I feel like you would say something different because you think Kirk Cousins is good now, but... No, no, no. I, I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I kind of do, but I don't. What if I gave you... I'm going to give you all of those those people that you just named because you are right. It is one of those people. I'm it's gonna one give of you those. All, I'm going to give you all of their, their one-liners and you try to match them. Okay. First one is... Wait, what was the, the last one? Let's get that on the record first. It, oh, fighting the limited fighting game manager game. allegations. Okay, the other one is uh, this one's gonna be easy. He's got the <laughs> he's got the look of a leading man, but he can't go it's off. It's Jimmy. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, right, right, the handsome thing. Like that was a, that was low hanging fruit. Uh, an obedient pocket passer who has cinder blocks for feet. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so funny that you use the word obedient? Okay, you're um, the second so person who has said that. Someone replied to me on Twitter. <laughs> It was like, yeah, throw it's that, throw like that eight yard curl on time. It's because you're like you're talking about a golden retriever. All right. I mean, I am. Uh, okay, 
one. I think there's one more. The goat system quarterback is slowly evolving beyond that label. Which yeah, that's Kirk because you think Kirk is good now. <laughs> I just realized I'm not beating those allegations. Okay, so it was it was Mac. It was Mac. Mac was the the guy fighting that. That was Mac. And then wait, what was the um? Who was obedient? Cherikov. I thought the golden retriever thing gave it away, it but really I guess is, not. That's really good. That is really good. He is like, I I do just picture Jared Goff in rooms with coaches who are just screaming, and they're like, and he's like, yeah, okay. Even in, did you see the the really 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 great um, Manning cast commercial? I did. I thought Jared Goff was great in that, and I thought he was great in it because he was also being boring. I, I don't even remember. I remember him seeing him and being like, oh, that's weird. He was, the, fir- he was the first one who they quote unquote interviewed. And he was the one who where um, after Peyton and Eli are like, you're here to audition for the greatest show, the most watched, blah, 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 blah. Jared Goff just deadpans. I thought I was here to audition for the Manning cast. That's pretty good. It's like you don't even remember seeing this. Do you have Jared no, Goff's no. blindness? I, I wish. I wish, but no, I have to watch the film of him. Okay, I got, I got some others. Uh, what if Josh Allen just had okay tools? <laughs> um, wait, did I already? Do we are okay tools? Okay, sorry, I heard that wrong. Um, who's thick? They're they're not thick, so that's that's misleading. Oh. Like who? Okay, who's they like play the game like Josh like, Allen is what I'm like like a little reckless is what I would say. Like late career Russell Wilson. It was it was Kenny Pickett. Oh, Kenny Pickett thinks he's as good as Josh Allen. Like he he thinks he is. So that's the first okay. one he didn't get. Uh, no, I missed but, who who did I miss before? I missed someone before. That's okay. No, we don't need did. to point it out. Yeah, we're, right. we're not keeping score. You can lie. It's this game is fake. It's a fake game. But yeah, th- those are those are all the ones that I wanted to read. You did pretty. I'm good, assuming. Though. Thank you, thank you. Great blurbs. Love the blurbs. Um, I would like to hear Geno Smith's blurb before we go. That's fair. I got to scroll up a long way from Bro- where uh, Brock Purdy was. He's first team all irrational confidence, but he's got. Enough arm strength and football intelligence to make it work. It's very sincere, a very earnest encapsulation of why Geno Smith is so good. And his his ranking, I assume, number one? No, he's 13th. I'm a reasonable man. He's 13th. Guess who he's behind? He's behind Kyler Murray, who's a little bit underrated. Even, even I'm saying I got that one wrong. And then 11th is Tom Brady. We kept, a, we kept Tom Brady in the rankings. <laughs> He's got a loss. It says Las Vegas for the team. That's how... See, you were too easy on me. You should have... Like, I would never have... No, the blurb would have given... Well, I guess not. But it it was keeping a place for him just in case. I probably would have guessed Kyler. Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. Well, his is... He has everything you want in a franchise quarterback, dot, 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 except for size. (laughs) Womp, womp. (laughs) Poor Kyler. (laughs) All right. Well, that was very fun. I very much enjoyed that. I'm excited Thank to you. go read the rankings thoroughly. But wow, that was delightful. We should play more games. I, I feel so invested in this. 
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. And as promised, we're going to lay out, we're going to each lay out the three top beefs that we're expecting for the 2023 season. Steven, would you like to go first? Yeah, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick on theme. We were talking about Kyler Murray. I'm looking forward to the inevitable Kyler Murray Cardinal standoff. Like the beef, it's, there's been a cold beef for the last like year and a half. (laughs) But I think in November, when he comes back and there are questions about whether he should play, whether he wants to play, whether the Cardinals want him to play because they're tanking and all these different factors that are going to be put on this decision for the Cardinals, I think this is going to be a disaster. And I think the people that are in that building are not capable of handling this and avoiding that disaster. I cannot wait for the Jonathan Gannon press conference when he's asked about Kyler Murray. In like November, uh, it's going to be so good. He's not going to be able to handle it, but that's the like that's the beef I'm looking forward to. Not only because it's going to be funny, but also I like I kind of said it before, but I think Kyler Murray's like really underrated. Like he's a fringe top ten quarterback, and the fact that like he probably, almost certainly, will be freely available next year to trade for is like a okay. big deal. This is a potential franchise quarterback, a guy. Last time we saw him healthy for like a long stretch with a good team around him, he was like an MVP candidate, like maybe the favorite at the time when the Cardinals were 9-0. We've seen him drag a, a bad coaching staff, a flawed roster to the playoffs two years ago. Like, I think we should be talking more about Kyler Murray and how weird it's about to get into Arizona because it's going to get really freaking weird. So they named Kyler a captain, even though he's injured and will not be starting the season. Um but did you see that Jonathan Gannon gave him the Kyler is our franchise quarterback kiss of death? Did they? I, I hope the Cardinals kept the the template for the uh, the Josh Rosen graphic that they made, and they put out the same exact tweet. <laughs> they just changed the pictures. I completely forgot about that. I the the it was already reminiscent enough with Josh is our quarterback, but I forgot about the tweet. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Um. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to talk about the Jonathan Gannon pep talk 
because if we don't talk about it, I'm going to, I'm just going to, my head's going to explode. Uh, I would say one of the top rivalries that we're going to watch play out. This is not really so much a beef, but it is a rivalry, I believe. Um, is just Jonathan Gannon against any time a camera is recording him. The Cardinals are producing an in-house hard knocks, essentially. Um, I think it's called Take Flight or something. It's a bird pun. I'm forgetting the name. I'm sorry. Jonathan Gannon delivered a pep talk. I I think that's what it was. That they chose to clip, make part of this show, and share online. And it is the worst pep talk I've ever seen. Um, The best part, and the line that haunts me, I am haunted by this. I think about it. I have thought about it constantly over the last three or four days since I saw this for the first time is how he starts by asking the team who drove here. (laughs) I had no idea which line you were going to pick because there are so many. Oh my God. No, no, there's really only one. It's who drove here quick. Let me see your hands. Did you take the bus? Did you have fire in your gut? I what? How does he ride the bus? Is there a bus system in like suburban Phoenix? Why would someone take the bus to the Cardinals? They all make a lot of money. Like I, I just don't. I mean that 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 is a part of the country so car dependent that they have their own like crazy classifications for DUIs. There's not a robust public transportation system in Arizona. Also, why does it matter? What like I the thing is is like I don't know what the right answer is. If you're a player, right, right. Where you, is it good to take the bus? Does take the bus mean you have fire in your gut? Or does it mean you don't have fire in your gut? Right. It could it could go either way. I don't like we've heard our fair share of like stupid coach metaphors, but I will take I will take the dead crows from Robert Sala any like eight days a week over did you take the bus? Did you have fire in your gut? Because <laughs> No, Sala probably watched. Best. Sala probably best. heard that no, and was like, no. I get it. He, I get it. No. I see what he's saying. I'm, I'm, no. I'm on board with him. No, no, you cannot act like these two things are the same. They are not. Yes, Did they, you they, take they, the bus? Did you have fire in your gut? That's it, barely it, comprehensible. It's just a little, it's just a little different delivery system. You remember when I was saying earlier in the in the podcast how like the Eagles and the Lions kind of accomplished the same things with their different run games? It's Jonathan Gannon with his cringe and uh Robert Sala with his I don't even know his 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 hardo routine. I don't even know what to call it. But no, uh, you no 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 no. We're going to talk about hard knocks in a little bit. And Robert Sala has done the weird crows thing. He also incorporated in this last episode a, a weird extended Mount Everest metaphor, which he called <laughs> the world's most famous mountain, which also made me laugh just because that's a really weird way to describe Mount Everest as like. 
Yeah, everyone's heard of this mountain. Not like it's really tall or hard to climb. <laughs> that's, like, that's like a Donald Trump thing. Like, you're like it's a very good mountain. Everyone loves it's, the mountain. It's a great, it's a great mountain. mountain. It's the most famous mountain. <laughs> it's the be- it, does, it gets the best ratings. It's it's the best mountain. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but it, like the only thing you can hope if you're like he's the new Nathaniel Hackett, but it's like a different like brand. <laughs> Of cringe, but maybe he can cringe his way to the other side. Like he digs his way to China. You know what I mean? Where is the other side? Like what is the Super is Bowl? He? No, that's not going to happen. It it wasn't even like. Here's the thing about even Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett would probably say this, but he would deliver it with gusto, which is its own problem, right? Like we all. I'll just. I'll just. I'll just blame myself in this. Gusto is an interesting word. I don't know if I would I'm, co-sign Gusto, but I get what you're saying. I feel like you're very impressed Nathaniel by his, his Hackett, presence. Nathaniel, ba- Nathaniel Hackett bought himself like two months of good press by just speaking in an animated tone. I'm not saying that makes us look great as members of the media, but at least it was something. Jonathan Gannon is that he's saying these things in this like flat monotone. <laughs> Did you have fire in your gut? That's how he said that. No, it was bad. And then he said he was looking for fucking killers. It, it, it was not convincing. It was almost like you could hear the gulp after it. Like, he did not sound like a guy that was very confident in what he was saying. It's been, uh, I don't want to say disaster, like, because it hasn't been. We've seen, like, Urban Meyer do much worse. Even, like, Nathaniel Hackett by now was kind of, like, giving us bad vibes. But the vibes are bad, man. He's, like, in the running for... He's the front runner for that award, like the Urban Meyer, Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, disaster of a coach, one and done award. Like it's it's him. Except for the fact that losing would be good for them. That's the part that's complicated. Is that if he just absolutely crashes and burns, it kind of accomplishes the Cardinals' goals. So I don't know how we're going to really be able to evaluate how much of a disaster case this is, but aesthetically. It is off to a horrible start. Did did you read the athletic article on on Jonathan Gannon where the the main like quote that everyone's been tweeting is I'm the reason we lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's a direct quote by the way. That's a direct quote. You know what? Power to good, good good hire at Arizona. I mean, okay. The two coordinators, right, on that Super Bowl losing team, both got head coaching jobs. One of them has managed to not put his foot in his mouth while navigating, like, the craziest owner in the entire league, which is saying a lot, in a genuinely controversial and complicated disagreement with a star player. And it's fine. You're not hearing a peep. Meanwhile, in Arizona, they're just he's he's making cringe fests out of routine <laughs> team meetings. It's bad. It's- I might be it's it's possible I'm making too much of this and like nobody saw it except for NFL Twitter. But they chose to put this on the internet. Which either means this was the best footage available or the chicken just has its head cut off. But the the thing is, they show the players' reaction. Like in all these videos that we've seen him interacting with players, we've seen the reaction of the players, and they're like 
like how we would react. It's like, what yeah, is going they're just on like, here? Is what this the a fuck, bit? man? <laughs> what is this? But uh, I, I mean, he's going to do his job. He's going to win two games and they're going to get Caleb Williams. And then maybe in three years, they can send out a Caleb's our quarterback tweet <laughs> when they draft Arch Manning or whoever's <laughs> coming up. Three dimensional chess. Uh, all right. <laughs> we got a little sidetracked there, but I'm glad that we could talk about that. Um, I, I guess I just alluded to it, but I think we got to, and we've talked about it, so we don't need to go in depth, but Jonathan Taylor versus the Colts, man. Uh, the thing that I'm, that, that I think is necessary to sort of note in the framing of this is I just wonder by the end of the 2023 season, how we're going to think of Jim Irsay. Because I think he's been sort of, I'm going to stop short of saying lovable, quirky guy in NFL ownership. But I think his reputation has been like, man, that guy's a wild card. And I wonder if we come out of this thinking that there's something a little bit more sinister going on. Because here we have this guy who just inherited everything and who seems to be throwing around a lot of stuff about like, oh, well, it doesn't matter if, you know, if anybody lives or dies, it's all just going to be the same. And I don't know. I don't think it's a great look. No, it's not a good look when like the, it was better when those moments were spaced out, like the, oh, LOL, Jim Irsay moments. But now it's like there's one every couple of weeks and like they're getting, the stakes are getting higher. Right. Well, right. It's not like LOL, Jim Irsay is like playing in his band or LOL, Jim Irsay financed the relocation of a whale. <laughs> like it's, Which is pretty extreme too, by the way. Like that is an extreme thing to but me. But at like, least oh, that yeah. was good. That was a good thing to do. That, that's a, you know what? If you've got a spare $20 million, <laughs> fine. That's a great use of it as far as I'm concerned. I it's would pay a running a back comp- instead, but... <laughs> It's not great when you're simultaneously like, and eh, nothing matters when we're talking about the most physically taxing position in the sport and a guy who's given his blood, sweat, and tears to your organization and is sort of the poster child of this genuinely complicated labor issue that is coming up with rising frequency across the league. So, Jim Irsay. You're on notice. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's the beef. Uh, you versus Ursay. Yeah, here in you know what this that's how that's how I, I fight my battles is in minute 46 of a podcast. <laughs> All right. But he's uh, quaking I I, in his cowboy boots. I bet he is. I had an interaction with uh, Jim Ursay on Twitter. It was kind of contentious. I, I complained about like the, the Colts have like windows. Like one of the side, like one of the facades is like glass. And like during the day, like there's just shadows everywhere and you can't even tell what's going on. And it's horrible to watch on film. And I made a tweet complaining about it. And Jim Ursay quote tweeted me. I didn't at him. I didn't mention his name. He found the tweet somehow. And then he like, (laughs) he he tried to dunk on me or something. I don't don't remember. But uh, his tweet was- Oh, this sport is so absurd. His tweet was probably better than mine, by the way. He probably ratioed me. But whatever. My other beef is- I didn't know how to phrase this. I didn't know whether to go Russell Wilson versus Sean Payton. I could have went Sean Payton versus the world because he's beefing with everyone. But I decided on Russell Wilson versus his own delusions. Because we've talked about how much he thinks he like can, he's like Drew Brees because they're both short. 
But now you've got the guy that coached Drew Brees and that ran that offense that put so much on the quarterback's plate, asked them to be the perfect pocket passer, essentially. Like, no margin for error. You have to get through your progression. You can't react to pressure. And now Russell Wilson gets to play in that. And Russell Wilson is the last quarterback that you want in that type of offense. And I just think it's going to drive Sean Payton mad. And based on this offseason, like Sean Payton's filter, wherever it was, like whatever filter he had has totally left him in his time off. Like that media brain really, that stint in media really went to his brain because he's just saying everything. I think we're going to get a soundbite from a press conference. And I don't think Russ is going to know how to handle it because he never got that in Seattle. That was always the big thing is like, Oh, Pete Carroll kind of coddled him, kind of protected him, him from criticism. Sean Payton's not going to do that. And like the early signs, it's not, I don't think it's going to go well. I think we see Jared Stidham sooner than I thought. Did you read um, Seth Rickersham's Sean Payton piece on ESPN? I think it came out yesterday or the day before. No, but I got the, I got like the good parts. I didn't want to read the whole thing. I'm not going to sit here and read about like, how Sean Payton is friends with like a bunch of old white dudes. Like, I don't care that he, like, you know? Wayne Gretzky. When I heard that the Wickersham piece dropped on Russ and Payton or whatever, I was like, it's too early. Like, get back to me in two years. You don't have enough. I'm not interested. Get out of here. That's funny. I would like to read that in two years. I would like a re-up two years from now when there's, where, when there's more to dissect. It was interesting, though. I did read it. Um, and I I think maybe like you came away from it thinking this might be pretty combustible. And now look, I think if you're Sean Payton, you take that job with the understanding that if things combust, you're the one who's going to be there on the other side and, and have an understanding with ownership about that. But the, the story was essentially about um, Payton's obsession with winning, uh, the way that he takes things very personally. Um, and it didn't make him, it, he didn't seem super well adjusted. Um, the anecdote that stood out to me the most was that a delivery guy got his pint of ice cream order wrong after one of their playoff losses, when after one of the Saints' playoff losses, when he was distraught, and he just like chewed out this poor Postmates guy for bringing him the wrong pint of ice cream that he wanted to sit and eat alone in the dark. Um, while eating a pint of Jenny's alone in the dark is something that I think we can all get behind. Yikes! <laughs> was 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 my yeah, reaction? It's pretty rough. And the thing that was interesting was like, and and Seth did a really good job of, I think, just sort of presenting the things that Sean Payton said and and just laying it all out there. But there were a lot of things that Payton described and stories that he seemed like freely willing to tell where I was just like, man, do not tell people that. He's that going to. Not- this is not so I'm I'm with you that I think the guy's filter is just not there. And I, I guess I would take his stint in media and how that went in terms of what he was willing to divulge and how spicy he was willing to turn the dial up as like he might just be aware that he has two settings and one of them is going to get him in trouble and the other one is is just relentlessly bland. And odds are he's not gonna be able to keep the 
the switch on the on the bland side for an entire year when they're his wins and losses because it seems like that's the thing that just just really gets him. So, I mean, in that in that article pick. from the bits that I've seen, he's already planting those seeds. Like he's already the there was the politician line about Russ, like you're not running for office. Like we've all said something along those lines about Russ about how he's kind of like a, a politician, but the coach isn't supposed to say it out loud, like you said. And I I think like he realizes I don't know maybe he doesn't think this like meticulously or maybe he does he's Sean Payton. Uh, I think that this is let's say go south. It's going to be like a PR battle at some point because we know Russ likes to talk about things he, he's unhappy about through anonymous channels. We see we saw that in Seattle. So I think if like it goes south, you might see these two kind of I don't I don't know because I don't think Russ really has any leverage at this point. It's kind of like you had your chance to run the show and you you kind of blew it and now it's all on Peyton. But I think there is going to be a PR battle if it does go south and maybe some things will be said. But also like Sean Payton ordering ice cream from Postmates or whatever. I feel like that's a bad move. That, that just, that's your fault. You don't think he should order ice cream? Like, he should just buy it at the grocery store? I think it's going to melt. I think, uh, fair. I think you're hoping that there's some sort of cooling device in the transportation. Presumably, this happened in New Orleans, where I think they would be pretty, pretty, you know, they would a lot of have humidity, systems though. in place to handle that. Yeah, but it's it's got to be coming in it's got to be coming in some sort of box that has cooling. I don't know. I think if you really need ice cream pronto, I think that's fine. You can post could you, ice cream. Could you imagine like delivering this guy ice cream in this fancy futuristic box that keeps ice cream cold? I guess it's just a freezer, but whatever. And then he yells at you <laughs> like he did this guy I a think, service. Steven, I think you're overstating the I know, technological I'm not... <laughs> requirement of keeping ice cream cold for like How do you plug it minutes? in? I don't think you need to. Have you ever seen a cooler? I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. I I know. I know coolers um, exist, Nora. I know coolers exist. I know the Jonas Brothers Jonas, exist. The, I know these things. Stephen, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner divorcing after four years. Good for them. I'm a little shattered. That's okay. We'll save this for another time. Um, I wish them the best. Sincerely. Uh, Sean Payton versus Russ is a good one. Is a very, very good one. Um, Sean Payton versus Nathaniel Hackett, I also had on my list. Uh, of, what is that, week three? We'll get a little referendum on that. We talked about that when we, when we talked about Hard Knocks, but I am sort of looking forward to that. Um, just because it, it, it does seem like another thing that was mentioned in that story was that, um, Peyton showed the Broncos a video of a Ford Bronco driving off mm. a cliff in one of their training camp meetings as a metaphor that last year was over. I didn't quite get it. What is it up with the metaphors? With <laughs> what is up with the metaphors? If I was an owner, my first question would be like, All right, give me your best metaphor. And if Jonathan Gannon's, the first thing out of Jonathan Gannon's mouth is, did you take the bus? <laughs> I would fire. A metaphor. <laughs> that wasn't even a metaphor, though. It was just a collection of clauses. <laughs> was there a fire in your gut? No more metaphors. Do you want, okay. F- fire in your gut. Did you take the bus? Or car driving off cliff. Today is a new day. Whatever it's supposed to mean. 
Which one am pick I taking? One. Yeah, you have to pick one. Uh, <laughs> uh, the one where I don't die and there isn't an OJ reference baked in? I don't know. I'm going to go with Jonathan Gannon. Wow. Wow. Fire in your gut. Um, it, it was weird. But it seems the, that made me think that the Hackett stuff was, I guess in some ways, neither like a, a premeditated, I'm going to try to take the pressure off Russ or a totally off the cuff, oops, I spoke out of turn. It just kind of made me think that Sean Payton had made a choice to acknowledge how much of a shit show the 2022 Broncos were and was like, yeah, this is on the board. I'm just going to talk about this. Um, so I guess it was illuminating in, in that regard, but I will be looking forward to that story getting dredged up again. Um, we were supposed to come with three. I'm going to be honest. I just really like beef. So I kept writing some down. Um, I'll give you my you last just, one in a second, but I just, just, just to give some others that we should pay attention to, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers versus the world, I suppose, would I think be the appropriate way to, to call that? Sean Payton, the woke mind virus. A lot of things Aaron Rodgers is fighting these days. Yeah. No, he's he's got some battles. Um, Chris Jones and the Chiefs. We talked about this, but that one is just one that I think matters from a football perspective. Um, and then the last one is, is a little bit more topical, but I just want to give us a chance to talk about it. Uh, Chandler Jones versus the Raiders and or quite possibly the Raiders against most of their players. I, I'm just a little concerned about there being issues there. But the Chandler Jones thing was that on Tuesday, he posted a bunch of Instagram stories that were screenshots of texts. Some of them seemed like they were between him and Dave Ziegler, their their GM. Um, some of them, it was a little bit less clear, but he was, Chandler Jones seemed to be saying that he couldn't get into the team gym and he was upset that he couldn't get a hold of Ziegler or Josh McDaniels um, and wondering why they brought him to Las Vegas if they weren't going to treat him with more respect. He posted one where he said, fuck it, I don't want to play for the Raiders if that's my head coach and my GM. There are a bunch more. He was mad that they con they supposedly contacted the mother of his children, who he's not in a relationship with, so he was upset that they'd gone that route. Uh, if I'm the Raiders, the one that I'm most concerned about is the one where he tagged Antonio Brown and said that he wanted to make sure that the two of them got together. Never. Because those never are historically bad vibes. Also, also, this story sounds familiar. Right. Uh Chandler Jones being locked out of a, a team facility that he thought he could get in. I remember a Seth Wickersham article about Tom Brady giving someone else that treatment. Is, does this mean Tom Brady's back? Is he is he lurking around Las Vegas's facility, locking oh, people out again? That is not. Um, he deleted the stories, but this seems combustible, and there's already been the issue with Josh Jones. Um, Everything seems to be fine with Jimmy so far, but obviously there have been the ups and downs in terms of what they knew about his injury getting in there. I'm just saying, just just the Raiders' uh, coach-player dynamics feel like one to watch. Just get your best metaphor ready, Josh McDaniels. You're going to need to win the <laughs> locker room over. Get a good one. 
All right. Speaking of metaphors, let's close this out with our final episode of Hard Knocks. Uh, we owe our listeners an apology. I owe our listeners an apology, which is that I thought there were four episodes of Hard Knocks and then was um, shocked to find out that there were five. So this is, in fact, the final episode of the series. And it was a good one. I sort of think they should have finished a week earlier, but it was a good episode. So I'm glad that we had it. Um, bunch of stuff happened. We can talk about it all. But really, this was the episode in which Aaron Rodgers talked about seeing a UFO. So <laughs> that's, I think, where we should begin. He said it was as big as the one from Independence Day. And like, obviously not that big, but how did no one else see this besides him and his teammates? I'm not buying it. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm, I, I think UFOs exist. Like, I think that that's a thing and that there are aliens, probably. Like, I'm just playing, <laughs> I'm just playing the odds, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers saw one. I don't even think he saw what he thinks he saw. I, I will never believe Aaron Rodgers. Anything he says. Okay, so first of all, UFO is like the most misleading classification of a thing. I guess to say on planet Earth is actually incorrect, but that I can think of. Because an unidentified flying object? Sure. Fine. Happy for you. Um, my takeaway from this story is that we now know who Aaron Rodgers' ayahuasca buddies are. <laughs> and that it's his friend Stevie, or Steve Levy, who he played college football with and now is a big New Jersey guy is what we learned about Steve from Aaron Rodgers and also that they saw a UFO together. So that, that was just my, that was my take on the experience. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it would be more interesting. I feel like the, you could tell HBO thought that it would be more interesting because they really try to soup it up with like production. They, like, they yeah. Had, they like, really, the shots they, of the sky, the music, the cuts. It, it was, it was dramatic, but this was the episode where I was like, I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers was the director. Like, even at the end, after the two undrafted receivers make the team, they cut to Aaron Rodgers, of course, and he's like, oh, yeah, we really like the... the like, he was talking like he was the GM, and he helped make the decision to have them on the team. He's like, we really liked how they grew. I'm really proud of those guys. They put in the work. Why is it Aaron Rodgers? Why isn't it, like, the offensive coordinator? Why isn't Nathaniel Hackett telling us about the state of the offense ever? And it's... I thought this was the episode where, like, Aaron Rodgers really established himself as the team leader. Like, even more so than maybe the coach. I just think that's been all of the episodes. It was more on the nose, in my opinion. Like, they were going to him for his opinion on everything. We even got, like, yeah. the, the field trip to the, uh, the Broadway show. Nathaniel that was Hackett, great. I loved that. Nathaniel Hackett put on an A-plus performance. Everything I wanted from a Nathaniel Hackett cameo, I got. He was dancing. He was, he was making jokes. Ah... Randall Cobb having to sit next to Zach Wilson. I don't know who's... Okay, like, he's the okay. Counterpoint. Having to or choosing to? Because then... So they go to see MJ the musical. And then... Randall Cobb comes back and is, is going on this whole thing to Zach Wilson about how Garrett Wilson moves like MJ and has similar, like, dangly arms was, I think, the, the phrasing he used. Um... I kind of think Randall Cobb likes Zach Wilson. I, I, I That seemed voluntary to me. It seemed like that's his buddy. I mean, I got to start questioning Randall Cobb's taste and friends at this point. Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson, that's, that's a questionable duo. And I, like, I don't know. I'll leave it at that. 
I did want to point out, like, did you notice they they showed a, like a Robert Sala, another speech at the end, and he was like, I forget what he said. He said like everyone's coming, everyone's chasing after us, and then like we got an office like like a Jim Halpert like look at the camera from uh, Quinnen Williams, like he was skeptical of it. <laughs> I thought it was really weird to put in there. But well, I don't know, maybe entire, they're tired of the metaphors too. Their reel at the end was just CJ Uzoma staring to camera in different cuts. It was literally all, I liked it. I thought it was very strangely funny. Um, and I was tickled to see an NFL team enjoy uh, Delight in the Joys of Live Theater. So I I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. But it, is your... it. So was your takeaway that they were not taking Salah seriously from this? I, I think I'm out on Salah after the after the season. I kind of I didn't I'm see in. enough. You're in. I kind of think I'm in. All of it. It's the world's most famous mountain pulled me back in. <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous way to describe. <laughs> I mean, name a more famous mountain. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, it is the world's most famous mountain. Like I was uh, Kilimanjaro, but it's, it's Mount Everest. Sure. But that's just not what like Mount Everest stick is not like being famous. It's being hard to climb. Give me, that could be it's one liner in the, in the mountain rankings, the, the, the special build you come up with. <laughs> the brochure in the Mount Everest brochure you get at the gift I want, shop. No, I want you to read off like one liners about random mountains. And I guess what mountains they are. Like you get the quarterbacks. <laughs> That'll be next week, okay. mid-season, when we're really in the in the in the dog days of November. We'll just do best mountain rankings. Um, Aaron Rodgers saw UFO. Solid doing his thing. Uh, Randall Cobb and Zach Wilson might be friends. The crows were back. We got more crow talk. I guess mm. that's why this this left a little something to be desired for you with with um the Jets head coach. Uh, that was and Quinn and Williams. It. And Quinn and Williams. So you're the Quinn only and one Williams was the MVP of this season. He really was. Rodgers won the season, but Quinn and Williams was the MVP. Yeah, but Rodgers won, like, it was It was set up for him to win. Quinn and, like, almost overcame the odds and stole the season. But he was, like, if, if he's not your favorite person from the season, then I don't know what you were watching. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think that's right. All right, anything else? No, that's it. That's all I got. I, I have no more takes on that. Five episodes was too much. When your show is called Training Camp with the New York Jets and there's no training camp in the episode, like, you've jumped the shark enough. That was practice. Right, well, that was weekly news, practice with the New York Jets. The good news, the good news is that next time we're back, we'll have seen actual football games because the NFL season is upon us and I'm very excited. Can't wait. This has been the Ringer NFL show. I'm Nora Princiati. He is Steven Ruiz. As always, thank you to Stefan Anderson for production on this episode and to Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal for additional production supervision. Uh, we're going to be back on Sunday night, breaking down all of the week one action and then back at this time next week to do some midweek storylines and kick off the season.
must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 